What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Backmarkers F1 Show podcast. And the Backmarkers F1 Show podcast is proudly sponsored by the GP Box. GP Box is a motorsport marketplace and your one-stop shop for F1 gifts, memorabilia, art, and even some F1 car parts. Now, this is an exclusive partnership with GP Box for the entire 2020 season and hopefully beyond. Now, you can get some exclusive promo codes and discounts down at the links below, and you can see the codes. So click the links in the links below. You can grab some awesome motorsport cases, some carbon fiber jewelry, beautiful F1 artwork as well. And just check out the GP Box website in general for some amazing stuff. We ordered a couple of things, and we're going to be bringing a couple of uh, some GP Box stuff onto our website as well. So uh, you're going to be seeing that in our studio sometime soon. And also we're doing a motorsport case giveaway. So the GP Box will be giving away a motorsport case. Uh, to be eligible for this contest, it's going to be really simple. You just need to comment down below in this video your prediction for the 2020 F1 Drivers Champion. And we also have a tweet pinned on our Twitter page at TBMF1 Show. So you can either comment in this video or reply to that tweet as well with your prediction for the 2020 F1 World Champion, and we'll announce the winner at the end of this month. Yeah, I mean, they got some great stuff. I know I talked about ordering my phone case last week. I did order it. Beautiful. Uh, yeah, it's a nice carbon fiber one, so I'm very excited. I'm not sure if it's real carbon fiber, because, you know, I'd be, I don't know if they would do that, but some maybe, of, maybe. Some of the jewelry, for sure, is uh, they got some carbon fiber rings and uh, bracelets and stuff, so that stuff is legit. Well, I guess um, if they have motor parts, they would have real carbon fiber. So, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I guess so. that would make sense. So, yeah. never mind. Yeah, it's it's nice, slick looking stuff. So, uh, thank you to the GP Box for that. All right, so we got all the sponsor stuff out of the way for this episode. So, welcome everybody to the show. We are a couple of days away from the first race of the 2020 season. Came came up very quickly, really quickly. We're already here. Um, testing came and went, and here we are already ready for Australia. Of course. We weren't even really sure whether we were going to get this first race of the season, but yeah. um, you know we're recording this on Tuesday, and uh, it's already Wednesday in Australia at the, at the current moment, so by the time this comes out, it will already be Thursday, if I'm getting the time difference correct. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I yeah, think, I think so. Right. Yeah, you're yeah. right. You're right. So the race looks like it's going to go ahead. Most of the teams are, are already there. Drivers mostly already there doing some PR events and setting up in the paddock, so it looks like first race is a go. Yeah, it looks like most of the team are there. They've all kind of uh, posted on social media week, uh, social media this week, and it seems like they're good to go. Like, or I was just looking at the F one timer, and you know, to see it two days till F one race weekend was really nice to see. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm very excited. Um, you know, it's a one a.m. race for us when it comes down to actual race day, but I'll be up and watching that. So as the first race of the season, so it's very exciting. Yeah, it's kind of the tricky time of the year, usually with the Asia-Pacific swing for us. It's always a really early morning start, so it's mm -hmm. always a question of, do you stay up or uh, do you go to bed and then wake up for it? So um, Yeah, I but, think last year I woke up for it, but this year, yeah, I'm gonna think I'm going to try and stay up and watch it. It's yeah. a Saturday over Sat, well, Sunday for us, but Saturday overnight. Right. So Yeah, I mean, 1 a.m. is a little bit more doable than yeah. like 4 or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it should be done by like just close to 3, so yeah. it's decent. But uh, in this podcast, it's going to be a preview of the 2020 season. And also, we'll talk a little bit about the first race. So we're not going to do a Australia preview podcast that will kind of be included in this. But we will do a power rankings, uh, a preseason power rankings of, mm -hmm. of the 10 teams um, following this video. And we're also going to be uh, including some uh, F1 fantasy videos. That's another thing uh, I just 
remembered off the top of my head. Um, if you haven't already signed up for our F1 Fantasy League, all of that info is also down in our description in this video in terms of the league code and uh, our league. So please do sign up for F1 Fantasy. We will be giving away a prize pack at the end of the season to the winner of our Fantasy League. So you can sign up uh, in the links below. The deadline to sign up will be the Bahrain Grand Prix. So you still have a good couple of weeks to get all that done. So we're going to be promoting that more and more yeah. as it comes out. And we'll be doing some fantasy videos as well throughout this year. Yeah, Tyler's going to be giving you guys some tips and advice for fantasy league this year. He's more of the fantasy guy between us. Yes. Uh, yeah. So he's, you know, he's going to give you his driver to pick. Uh, uh, I don't know if he's doing, you know, like top paid driver and kind of like a mid driver to give, but that'd be an interesting little thing to do. Yeah. And then obviously, you know, your constructors team that uh, he's so he's going to be doing a video on that. And unfortunately, he's, you know, he's unavailable, but he said he's he offered uh, to do that one. So, yep. So excited that, to see that. Yeah, it was something that we're going to try and add for this season. So do sign up to our, our fantasy league and uh, get uh, get yourself signed up to be eligible for some cool prizes. So today we'll just be talking about all the 10 teams and the drivers heading into the 2020 season. Um, we're just going to briefly go over each team and, and just look at their chances for the 2020 season. Who are the favorites for, for the championship? And, and we'll do a couple of fun little predictions as well. Um, so we're just kind of going to go in, in random order uh, looking on the F1 website here. So this isn't an order that's going to reflect the championship by any means or anything like that. It's just kind of a random one that uh, that we're going to pick out. So Mercedes being the first team that uh, pops up here on my list, and pretty fitting that we start with, obviously, the defending. Are you sure this list is not going to define how the season's going to end? I think so, because it goes Mercedes <laughs> and Haas. <Okay>. So <laughs> Mercedes, yeah. <laughs> I'd be pleasantly surprised, though, because currently the order would be Mercedes, Haas, McLaren, and Alfa Romeo as your top true. four. I guess that's true. Yeah, but I mean, who knows? You, you never know, right? Um, so let's start on Mercedes, the defending six-time world champions, going for their seventh in a row. Um, this obviously would equal, well, not, not would equal, would break a record in terms of most championships won um, consecutively. Nobody, No team has ever done that before. And heading into the 2020 season, I know you and I touched on this uh, in our testing recap about how strong they've been, not just this year, but previous years as well. And they're looking like the championship favorites for 2020. They've retained the same driver lineup, of course, Lewis Hamilton, Valtteri Bottas, Lewis looking to equal Schumacher's record of seven world championships this season. And he's got a lot of records that he's most likely going to break of Schumacher's this year. For example, his podium uh, wins um, starts, I think, as well. So he's got a couple of records that he'll most likely break in 2020. So expectations for Mercedes, for me personally, and, and then I'll get your thoughts on it, definitely championship contenders. That's without a, without a question. For sure. They're, they're probably, you know, the top two teams that I'm probably looking at who are going to be, you know, in that number one or number two position. Most likely number one. Most likely. Um, <laughs> just kidding, no, I'm probably going to get some hate on that, so I'm just going to clear that up. Um, but yeah, I'm. You know, it's still really exciting to see what Mercedes is going to be doing this season because, as we saw from preseason testing, they have quite a lot of. Uh, well, not quite. They have one cool trick up their sleeve that we really want to see how it plays out in the races. Um, I think it's going to be an exciting year for Botas because I think this is his last year. Actually, he's both of his last year signed That's on, right. right? Yeah, yeah. So, it, uh, you know, we might see a, a driver change up next year. So, it's going to be nice to see the, these two drivers racing in that Mercedes seat, trying to get the, you know, won a world championship. Uh, well, won their seventh world championship and won getting, hopefully getting their first. Getting the first. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, Valtteri's made some really good progression since he first joined the team in 2017. Had a rough 2018, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, we made uh, the little nickname Bad Luck Bottas in 2018, and then came Valtteri 2.0. Um, and now maybe we're going to need to see Valtteri 3.0 in mm-hmm. 2020. So I hope that Valtteri will be able to take the fight to Lewis for longer than he did in 2019. I thought he had a really good season, even though the championship ended up not being close. But I think that it was his best season in terms of qualifying races as well and just going head to head with Lewis. So the big challenge will be for Bottas to be able to equal Hamilton over a 22 race period. Yeah, I mean, I'm I don't want Lewis Hamilton to win the championship this year more because I want him to win it when tie a Schumacher with his seventh championship with a different team. With Ferrari? With just a different team. Okay. <laughs> so that's why I'm rooting for Valtteri this year. I think, uh, I mean, he's always shown what he's had, but I think towards the end of the end of last year, he kind of got uh, built up his uh, persona a little bit more, got a little more of an attitude. Uh, you know, stuck his foot out for the team, did what he could, but also challenged for those races. So I'm very excited to see where, where Valtteri's going to be taking his racing. Yeah, that'll be the big dynamic, especially if the championship isn't close between the top three teams, if Mercedes runs away with it like they did the last couple seasons, essentially. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But yeah, I think Mercedes definitely are the team to beat. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what the pace is like in Australia. Australia, again, it's a, it's a quirky kind of track, street circuit, Mm-hmm. Um, we don't see many circuits like it on the calendar, so it's not necessarily a indication for the rest of the year. But Lewis Hamilton has typically been very strong in qualifying in, in Australia, of course, and obviously Valtteri winning last year. So they are without a doubt the team to beat. All signs point to the fact that they're going to win the championship in 2020, mm-hmm. unless if the likes of Red Bull and hopefully Ferrari will be able to take the fight to them and show more than they did in testing. Now, Mercedes, with a couple of new additions to their car this year, of course, we talked about the DAS system, the dual-axis steering, but there seems like uh, there's a lot of protest up and down the grid from the DAS system, also their rear brake ducts as well. It sounds like Red Bull are a team that are going to protest them as early as Melbourne when they roll out the car. So there's a lot of drama going on in the F1 paddock, not just with the Ferrari engine, but also with the new additions that Mercedes brought to their car. So DAS, uh, the brake system... Um, I think it was a brake duct uh, that, that they're going to end up protesting in another team as well. So a lot of developments coming. So we'll see if Mercedes can kind of get through all that stuff and get through the engine reliability that they showed early in testing. We'll see how much of a problem that is throughout the year. But just to wrap on Mercedes, I think that it's hard to really bet against them. And they usually don't beat themselves. We've seen that in the last couple of years that they are always do the most to maximize the best results in a race weekend. So unless a team like Red Bull are really going to be able to bring the fight to them week in and week out, they're going to be very, very difficult to beat. For sure. I totally agree with what you're saying there. So So that's it uh, on Mercedes. So moving on, the next team in our list, Haas F1 team, the team that has the best team principal. Mr. Gunter Steiner, and we'll see if he can survive this season. I know. <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, I want to say this is almost, this is where they have to put in the most work they can for this season because this is a defining season for them. Gene Haas has said if they don't perform this season, he's going to pull out of F1. I mean, who wants to invest in a whole bunch of money into a team that's not winning? As quoted by Gene Haas. Yep. Uh, so, I, yeah, it's going to be a really interesting season. I They seem very happy with their car. And, you know, like we said in preseason testing, in the long run, they look really good. Um, and 
I was really surprised to see them keep the same driver lineup this year with all the issues they kind of had throughout the last two seasons with each other. So I, you know, if if they think they're good, I'm very excited to see what they should, what they have, and I'm sure there'll be a good, they'll be putting in a good fight for mid table. You put a Gene Haas quote. I'll put a Gunter Steiner quote. We have two fucking idiots driving for us. It's not acceptable, and we will make changes. <laughs> <laughs> Again, this is why I'm really excited to yeah. see what happens because they did keep the same driver, lineup. right? And now we kind of know there's you know this inner tension within within the team. Uh, for this season to see how they perform, they completely changed their colors this year from what they had. Uh, did they have white? Yeah, so they went ago? back they to did. their original. They color, went back yeah. to their original colors. So I'm, uh, I'm sure we'll be seeing Gene Haas more at the races this year compared to the other seasons. So it's going to be a very interesting season for Haas in general. Um, let's see where they go. I'm glad you brought up Gene Haas because I think that one of the teams that has the most pressure on them this year is Haas F1, and for I know. Sure. People talk about Ferrari, for example, but I think Haas F1 does have, I'm going to say, the most pressure on them to perform this year. And it's not Williams and it's not Ferrari, it's Haas, because just like you said, we saw in the Netflix series just how unhappy Gene Haas is with the whole progress that the the team has made in F1. And the fact that they haven't really been able to get that fourth place finish that they've been looking for since entering the sport. And as we know, Formula One is very expensive. 2021, massive changes are coming. And a small team like Haas with their business model, it, it, it's going to be very difficult for them to sustain this. So, mm-hmm. you know, Gene Haas is a pretty smart guy and he's got other racing interests as well in America. So if if the car isn't going to be good like it was last year and it's just headache after headache and, and just struggling for it, then he'll absolutely pull the plug. So there's a lot of pressure on this team and, and not just on the two drivers, Magnussen and Grosjean. There's a lot of pressure on the engineers and the guys working in the aero department. So they have to deliver very early on in the season or else, you know, Gene might pull the plug and say, listen, this just didn't work for us. Yeah. And I think uh, for them, a comfortable position for what I think uh, Gene Haas is going to say is kind of the cutoff point is kind of that fifth and sixth place. If they get, you know, if they get to those positions, I see Haas staying in F1, uh, you know, for the upcoming years. Because, you know, you got you got a big fight for top four at the moment. You have, obviously, Ferrari, uh, Ferrari Mercedes, Red Bull. Uh, McLaren's going to be in that top four fight. You have Renault in that top four fight. You have four, uh, you have Racing Point. I almost said Force India. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well done. Um, so, yeah, like, you have, what, six, seven? I didn't do my math quite correctly there. I was Seven-ish. Seven-ish. So, you got seven-ish teams in there, you know, fighting for those top, five six positions so if Haas gets close maybe even that seventh position uh, I think we have a good chance to see hopefully Haas staying for uh, the 2020 season because if they don't there's a lot of you know there's a lot of teams banging at the door to be entering into F1 so you certainly hope there is yeah, yeah. And, and I mean I, I hope let's say if they do end up leaving I hope another team will come in and that we're not down to 18 cars yeah. for Christ's sake because you know 2020 is going to be a big season for f1 it's gonna the fact that uh you know all the teams have a set budget now it's not just going to be the top three four teams kind of leading that budget run you know but so it might equal out things for a lot of teams but it's it'd be really good to see how stay for the 2020 season for the, all the work they've put in yeah 2020 or uh, 2021 big uh, yeah yes. big um big change in a lot of in a lot of ways um and, you know, for the drivers, uh, obviously, like you mentioned, Grosjean and Magnussen retained again for 2020. It's a make-or-break year. Yeah. 
and we saw in the Netflix series, like you mentioned, a lot of the tension between the true drivers, and not just on Grosjean. I know a lot of, we harp on Roman Grosjean yeah, a I, lot. Yeah, I, I, I'm talking about both drivers equally. Yeah. I am not saying one against the other here. I think both the drivers, not just uh, Grosjean, have, uh, have something to prove this year. So Yeah, I think like Kevin Magnussen is, let's say, the number one, and, and is probably, if they had to cut one driver, I think it would be Grosjean. But... We also saw in the Netflix series that Gunter Steiner wasn't happy with Magnussen as yeah. well. So they have to work together as a team. They can't be bumping into each other on track because it's going to be really difficult for them to challenge for, I think, fifth or sixth place, even though I think that's probably the best place for them to to be in and where Gene Haas, I think, would be satisfied with that. But I think that for them, it's going to be pretty hard to finish there when we look at teams like Renault and uh, Racing Point that we'll get to a little bit later. They're coming off of really strong seasons and really good testing. Mm-hmm. And Haas is just still kind of in this limbo where we're not sure whether they figured out the issues from the 2019 car. So it'll be a big thing. In Australia, they're typically good. Obviously, in 2018, it looked like they were going to have an amazing finish. Yeah, they then, went back to their engine halfway through the season. Oh, yeah, for yeah for the car, <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly, right? Because the Australia spec was so strong for whatever reason. Maybe it was just track-specific. Then they had a bunch of pit stop issues, and then after that, they really weren't able to uh, get their form. But even in 2018, they had the fourth place finish in Austria. Yep. So th- they are capable of producing really good results, but the question is, have they figured out the issues from the 2019 car? Because I don't think they knew 100% what those problems were. Yeah. And if you can't identify the problem, you won't be able to find a solution for it either. So big, big year for Haas. I'm excited to see what they can do. But if we can even put Haas in that midfield fight, it's going to be very entertaining. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. I think that covers Haas. Yep. Big year for uh, for Haas F1. Okay, moving on then to our next team that we have here on our list, McLaren. McLaren F1 coming off of the best season that they've had in a very long time, ever since the turbo hybrid era began. Obviously, finishing best of the rest last year, even beating their own engine customer, Renault beating the works team in the championship, a podium for Carlos Sainz, which was an excellent result for them, and obviously a very strong year for for Lando Norris. Mm -hmm. So let's look at McLaren then for this season. Pretty quiet testing, but a good testing for them. Um, If you didn't watch our recap uh, of testing our podcast, which is still available, by the way, on our channel, if you want to watch it before this weekend, uh, we talked about McLaren having a really quiet testing, but a good testing. They've Mm -hmm. completed a lot of laps. They didn't do too many performance runs, but overall, not too many issues. And and for them, especially considering how, how much of a nightmare testing was in the last few years, it was good for them to have a really solid testing and to do a ton of laps, mm-hmm. which they did. So I have big, big high hopes for McLaren this year. And I know some people are putting Racing Point as best of the rest. Renault, to me, McLaren is going to be the best of the rest this year. McLaren? Yeah. Yeah. Uh- yeah, I, I would definitely put them in that in that contention. Um, and like you mentioned, McLaren is really testing the longevity. Oh my God, longevity! Longevity. I like that instead of long. Well, I can't even say it yeah, either. Uh, longevity. There longevity. we go. Longevity. Longevity. I, I like your pronunciation better. So the longevity <laughs> of just me not being able to speak, man. <laughs> maybe it's just a French way of saying it. I don't know. I I mess up my words a lot. Um, but yeah, they're definitely going for that in their testing because I think we mentioned in our previous in our. Um, Would you like to buy a vowel? Yeah. <laughs> See, this is where I'm talking. This is what I'm talking about where I'm having trouble speaking. Um, forgot my thought. <laughs> okay, sorry. I'll completely. pick up. No, no. It's good. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I think what he was trying to say is um, 
in testing, uh, I actually don't really know what you're trying to, trying to say, but I'll try and pick up uh, on on your train of thought. They have a really good driver lineup. Yes. And, and we enjoy a lot of the stuff that they do on the internet, on Twitter and on Instagram, that type of stuff. But when it comes down to it, they're very, very good drivers. And I think that it's the right partnership for McLaren moving forward. As much as I like Fernando Alonso, I just think he's too much of a, a character and, and sort of an ego in that team. You and, say that, but we have Lando Norris on McLaren. <laughs> well, <laughs> he's, he's made, more of a positive, I yeah. guess, character. I guess, I guess you can say that. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's necessarily a bad thing, Fernando. I mean, it won him two world championships, yeah. and he's very deserving of that because of how skilled he is. For but sure, 100. I just think that McLaren were doing a lot of things just to make Alonso happy instead of maybe what was better for the team. Mm-hmm. So now you got two young guys that you can build on. I mean, I'm just going to click here on Carlos Sainz to see uh, how old he is. I but he's 26 or 27. Yeah, I don't think he's uh, he's that old. So 94. So he's 26. Six. He's my age. Yeah, pretty much almost our age. <laughs> so only 26 years old. He's still very young. So he's a driver for the future and, and a guy that you can build on. And he really showed last year that he's the number one because... His race pace was incredible, the way he managed the race. I know he wasn't showing a lot on the broadcast, but we definitely noticed and picked up on it. So for me, I I just think that looking at last year, McLaren are going to build on it. And and I think that Renault, I still have a lot of questions over. Racing Point, I still have a lot of questions over. But McLaren, I think, are just taking the necessary steps. Right before they moved to the Mercedes partnership in 21, I think that, uh, yeah, for, for me, definitely in contention for best of the rest. But if I had to put some money on it, I'd put McLaren being the fourth best this year. Uh, I I would I would ninety five percent agree with you because I have high hopes for uh, Racing Point this year. I think for what they showed in testing, they're going to put in quite a lot uh, quite a lot of work. And Sergio Perez, we already know, is a great driver, and Lance Stroll kind of seems like he's stepping a little bit. But I think in terms of uh, what McLaren has shown last year and the improvements they sh- they have shown in testing, I would definitely put them. You know the ones to get that top four finish because i think if you take away the top six drivers that are like that which i'm talking about you know mercedes drivers ferrari drivers and red bull drivers i think carlos Sainz would be in contention to be the best driver of the rest on the grid i mean you, you like you can almost compare him to pierre gasly and daniel kiviet in terms of them both getting that one podium last year uh out of those three drivers, I would have to say Carlos Sainz is probably the most in tune driver and probably the best of the rest. So I, I, I think I think you would be absolutely right in saying McLaren gets getting that fourth place. Williams kind of putting in a little bit of work this year, <laughs> making them work for it a yeah. little bit this year. I, yeah. I, I agree with you on Sainz too. I'm, I'm a big Sainz fan um, and, and like his style. And and yeah, I think that he could definitely be. I mean, if he was in the car, that would be better or good enough. He'd be in contention for race wins, podiums, that type of thing. For sure. um, Yeah, I'm expecting a lot from them this season, so I hope they've made enough improvements in the car where they're still going to be ahead of their rivals. Don't think that they'll be there quite yet in terms of challenging the big three. Hopefully that can come next season in 2021. But uh, I like McLaren heading into 2020 in this season, and, and I like... That the fact that they built on it, they've brought in a lot of good team, uh, good good people into the team, like Andreas Seidel, um, their uh, their technical chief, and uh, you know, uh, you know, Zach Brown is doing a, a pretty good job as well with the whole management, and he's been getting a ton of sponsors for the team as well. So there's a couple some cash flow that's coming into the team as well. So uh, yeah, looking forward to what they can show this year. Yeah, I think it was a big surprise for people with McLaren not hiring uh, hiring somebody to 
cover for Zach Brown last year, but like you said, Zach Brown has really stepped up after taking over in 2018, halfway through the season, not even halfway through the season, I don't think. But yeah, he's he's putting the work, he's getting those sponsorship, he's doing what's best for the team and not best uh, best for the, I mean, he's managing both what's best for the team and the drivers at the same time, and which is exactly what management does, and he's doing a perfect job at it. So Yeah, it takes a couple of years, but I think that they're finally starting to recover from you know those uh, those rough years that they had. Almost had to sneeze there. Uh, excuse me. So yeah, all right. Off from McLaren, moving on to Alfa Romeo. Alfa Romeo Orlin. Of course, they've got the new big title sponsor this year because Robert Kubica has joined the team as the reserve driver. So he's bringing in uh, some decent cash flow. Big sponsor as well. We'll see a lot of uh, Kubica this year in the garage and uh, also doing some FP1 and two sessions this year. And Alfa Romeo, a team that uh, significantly underperformed last season. And uh, we had high hopes for them again after what we saw in testing. We had, you know, big news with their front wing design. And we thought, okay, they might be uh, in a chance for podiums maybe and fifth or sixth place on the grid. And they just kind of fell flat of that. And hopefully Alfa Romeo can, can have a bounce back season. They had a pretty decent year in 2018 mm-hmm. considering how much they struggled in the last couple of years. I mean, we all remember... They used an old Ferrari engine that was a year old in, in 2016 and 17. So after a couple of rough seasons, they brought Alfa Romeo in. So they've been kind of trying to get back on their feet, but then 2019 was a bit of a step back. Yeah, it was it was kind of a weird season for them because, you know, at the beginning of the season and uh, mid-season, uh, Kimi Raikkonen was doing – he was putting in those uh, those qualifying laps. He was getting those top 10 positions, and they kind of fell off for the middle yeah. for a little bit. And then Giovinazzi kind of started to step up and, you know, put in a fight for those top 10 positions. I think there was a few times that he could have gone and he just sort of missed out. So yeah, it went, it was it was kind of a it was a weird season for them last year, and it seemed like towards the end they kind of had worked out what, what was kind of the issue with the car and you know just just in general kind of figured out what was the issue, and they started to step up a little bit more and, and you like you said with Orlin coming in as a big sponsor they're they're just going to be adding on to that you know like they're the money's going to be there a little bit more, uh, they can help. Uh, they can help improve the car a little bit. So, yeah, I, I think you're right. Alfa Romeo is uh, expecting a big season, and I think so are we as fans. So, Yeah, it would, be, it would be nice to see them in that contention for, you know, fifth or sixth possibly. Um, it's going to be difficult because, as I mentioned, the same thing with McLaren or, or Haas, excuse me, when you look at that midfield battle. It's going to be a big one. Yeah, it's going to be very tight. And, yeah. and you look at Renault, Racing Point, McLaren all seem very strong. And then you sort of have like the B of the midfield class, which is Alfa Romeo, Alfa Tauri, which Alfa Tauri might even be in that top A class um, of the midfield. So Yeah, I, I forgot about them, you know, my thing. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. They're yeah. going to be, it's it's almost going to be more for a fight for a midfield than first place this year i find like you know you want to see who's going to be going to get in that fourth position i'm yeah. more interested in seeing who's getting in that third and fourth position this year than i Me am too. than and in that first place you know yeah. which is which is weird to say but that's kind of what i'm looking forward to this season couldn't agree with you more because we're not really sure how the top three is going to result in yeah. and it might just be a runaway again but like it was last season the midfield was extremely close yeah and now with hardly any regulation change it seems like the midfield has gotten even closer than it was last year so if the likes of Alfa Romeo have made improvements and they can still compete um it's going to be a good season and of course they've also retained the same driver lineup Kimi Raikkonen and Antonio Giovinazzi we'll see if this is Raikkonen's final year in F1 uh I believe his contract is up finish 
the Netflix series? Not yet. <laughs> okay. Is Kimmy in it at all? He has one scene for his interview. I don't even think it was an interview, and it's basically just like, oh, what are you going to do for 2021? He's like, oh, this is just a hobby of mine. <laughs> I could quit anytime. <laughs> I, I, f- I think he's right. Yeah. And I agree with them. It's like, it's not, not in terms of, it is probably just a hobby for him. Like, he, sure. you see him on social media. He does, well, not really on social media, but you, you hear a lot about Kimmy Raikkonen and doing all these interesting things. And yeah, like, you never know what's going to happen with Kimmy. He's... I, I think he now holds a record for most uh, most races in F1. I think, I think he's, he's getting close, yeah. Maybe he, uh, breaks that record. I think he's the oldest driver in F1 to still continue racing. I, I, he did set some record last year. I, I might be wrong. Let's do a quick Google search here. Just because it's Kimi Raikkonen. Are there any other driver I wouldn't really... <laughs> uh, here we go. So race starts. So Rubens Barrichello has 322 race starts. So he has he holds the record. So yeah, like you said, uh, Rubens Barrichello's has 322. Kimi Raikkonen has 312 starts. So if my math is correct, he will surpass it if he starts all races this year. Yep. And the other one, too, that uh, I was just reading, uh, Kimi has a chance to uh, surpass Michael Schumacher in terms of most races finished in points. Oh, really, eh? Yeah, Schumacher finished in the points in a whopping 221 times, of course, between 92 and 2008. Um, and also, Lewis Hamilton also uh, add him to the list. Lewis and Kimi are just eight behind the record. So, basically, Lewis and Kimi are going to be battling all season for consecutive point scores. So... Interesting. Yeah, so some records that the Iceman can uh, break for 2020. So also, if Kimi Raikkonen raced first from 2001 to 2009, that's eight years. And then he started again in 2012. It's going to be the end of 2020 t- season. That's also eight years. So 16 years in 16 Formula 1. 16 years in Formula 1, man. That's, that's crazy. crazy. Yeah. I, I, well, I, I don't remember, but... Well, actually, no, I do. I, I remember Kimi Raikkonen in his McLaren days and just how you had this like fresh-faced... You know, almost beach blonde hair, Kimi Raikkonen, who yeah. barely talked any a couple of words, but was extremely fast. I mean, just a, amazing in his McLaren days. I, I do remember watching him there, and you see the footage when he started with Sauber in 2001, just how young he was. And yeah, it's crazy. I mean, 16 years in any sport is a long time, but especially in racing, it just seems even longer. So Yeah, for sure. I, I think that Kimi is just really enjoying his time in F1, and we're seeing him a lot more friendly with the media, which is great for us. He's doing... He's giving a lot more longer answers. Um, you know, if I think his wife kind of really pushed him into starting the Instagram page. So he's sharing a lot of uh, photos with him and his kids. And his son is getting into some racing as well. If you uh, head over to Raikkonen's Instagram page, there's a lot of videos of his kids uh, karting. And so it might not be the end of us seeing Kimmy in racing. No, yeah, he could be a driver coach for yeah. for young Robin Raikkonen. Who knows? Definitely not going to be a commentator. No. I don't think so. Are you sure he's not going to be a YouTube personality? I I, I hope so. <laughs> if we can get him on this show, I think I could die happy then. Yeah, I would love to have an interview with Kimmy, and I like he doesn't even have to say anything. Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> I think it'd be brilliant, <laughs> but I think now the fact that he's in this smaller team and they're not fighting for championships, I think he actually kind of likes that. He just likes the not massive no media pr- attention. There's no pressure. Yeah. He he can race how you know he can race as much uh, you know to his heart's desire, and if mm-hmm. he doesn't perform, it's not uh, you know it's not the end of the world. Right. I'm not, I'm not saying it's not a big deal because obviously for the team it's a big deal, but it's not the end of the world for for Kimmy. 
Yeah, so... And it's really the team that he started with. I mean, it is Alfa Romeo, but it's still Sauber. Uh, yeah. You know, Sauber group that, that kind of run running the team and a lot of the similar people um, like uh, Bernd Sender, who, who was there in the beginning and obviously has a good relationship with Fred Vasseur, the, uh, the team principal. So there's a lot of like good relationships that Kimi has with that team. So I think for him, it's nice to work with those people. And like you said, the fact that there's not that pressure cooker environment of, you know, being a Ferrari driver is perfect yeah. for him. Um, the base in Switzerland is close to his home, so it's all ideal for Kimi. So that's why we're seeing him um, really enjoy his time in F1. And just finishing on Alfa Romeo, I think there's also a lot of pressure on uh, Antonio Giovinazzi for this season. For sure. I think, like, good point that you brought up, that he finished 2019 strongly, kind of being the, the front runner in terms of scoring points for the team. Yep. But I think with a lot of young Ferrari Academy drivers coming through in F2, you know, Mick Schumacher is a name. Um, and also a lot of free agents on the driver market, Nico Hulkenberg, for example. I think that there's a lot of pressure on Giovinazzi to, he's got to really put in a good season and give Alfa Romeo a reason to keep him around and not just Alfa Romeo, but Ferrari as well. For sure. Um, so that, that'll be, uh, on Antonio to, to deliver a little bit more in 2020. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, like you said, Antonio really has to put in the work this year because, who knows what's going to happen to that Ferrari seat a couple of years down the line, you know? So yep. if, if he's got his chance to knock on the door, you might as well, this is the best way uh, to prove yourself. So, Absolutely. Okay, so moving on, we're almost halfway through all the teams. Next team that we got, Aston Martin, Red Bull Racing. And uh, one of our favorite teams. Last time we'll be seeing that Aston Martin in front of Red Bull. Yeah, so Matt, <laughs> I think Alex has got to order his uh, his Valkyrie as soon as possible. Yeah. <laughs> before that chance. Uh, get get that those chance. cars, yeah. Yeah, and hide the keys too. Because all you're going to get is an NSX. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd sign up for that. I'd sign up for that, but I mean, I'd sell one of Valkyrie. So. Uh, I saw in the Netflix series that uh, Albon drives a Type R. Oh, does he? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Because nice. at first I was like, oh, he only drives a Type R. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, it's Honda. Yeah. <laughs> but they don't really have, other than the NSX, uh, yeah. any other sports cars. So, I mean, it's not like he's going to drive, um, I don't know. Honda Fit. Oh, it's weird that they don't get access to Acura, but I guess if Honda's the main sponsor, why would you not want your yeah. Honda name sponsored? How cool would it be know? if you get access yeah. to Acura, though? <laughs> would be nice. Um, so Red Bull, a, a team that kept the same driver lineup that they finished the season with. Of course, last year, Pierre Gasly was in the seat. Now it's Alex Albon. And, uh, of course, uh, one of our personal favorites, Max Verstappen, coming back again for, for Red Bull. And, uh, I mean, can we uh, understate the fact that this is a massive season here for Red Bull? Um, they fell short of challenging seriously for the championship the last you know five six years now, and, and this is really one of their uh, big chances now. This seems like Ferrari's on the back foot, and heading into the season, it looks like Red Bull is the second best team right now next to Mercedes. And you know, looking at the data suggests that they're about two or three tenths away from uh, from Mercedes, but it's really key for Red Bull to start off the year strongly and mm-hmm. continue that for the entire season. For sure, um, I, I I don't expect it to be the exact same as last year with red uh, with uh, mercedes winning the first seven races of the year and you know no other team kind of putting up challenges i think red bull like you said is is that second team to be putting in those challenges to re- be really behind mercedes uh to be pushing for though for, for the title this year because they're they're the only teams that they're the only team that really looks like they're going to be doing that this year for for mercedes uh and they got great driver lineup we really saw what alex salmon could do through as soon as he got into that red bull seat and we already know what kind of driver max is um 
So it's nice to see a team, you know, who still put in the challenges for being top three and to improve this year, you know, like it's sometimes you'll see a little bit of effort put into, you know, those top three teams, uh, obviously not with Mercedes this year, uh, but Red Bull really looked like they kind of put it, put it, put in uh, a strong hand this year to uh, get themselves going. Um, and what a partnership Honda has been for them, you know, like starting off last year, we weren't too sure how it was going to go. And this year I can confidently say Honda is looking really good is, uh, it's not exactly what we expected from them last year, but you know, a huge improvement, huge, huge improvement. So yeah, reliability was good in testing. It seems like they've improved the power as well. And Honda's ambitious. They want Red Bull challenging for podiums at every single weekend. So, you know, that even includes all the power-demanding circuits. So they feel like they can match the likes of Mercedes and Ferrari, although after the whole engine controversy, Ferrari might not have a, a very strong power unit this year, but we'll get to that later. So, yeah, I just think that we've seen Red Bull in the last couple of years. They, they kind of, when we look back to 2018, for example, they won two out of the first six races. They, you know, Ricardo in China and then Ricardo in, in Monaco. And it really seemed like we're going to have a three-team fight. And then after that, Red Bull really fell off and had a lot of reliability issues with Renault, of course. So it seems like they've corrected those issues, and the Honda partnership just works really well with the chassis. Mm -hmm. And the big thing in preseason was Christian Horner talking about the fact of how well the engine has integrated with the current chassis. And the second year of now with Red Bull being with Honda full-time, I think that we're going to see that come to fruition even more. Like you said, they're going to have stronger races, and they're going to have you know, certain scenarios where their engine power is going to beat the likes of Mercedes. I mean, we saw it last year, Pierre Gasly in Brazil, yeah. you know, climbing up the hill and, and a Honda engine beat the Mercedes, you know, yeah. different scenarios there. But again, for, for power, that was impressive for them. And Honda scoring their first victory with, with Red Bull last year was huge. So they, they looking to build on that. Now they've done a lot of great improvements on this Red Bull for, for 2020. We've talked about those in our preseason podcast or sorry, our preseason testing podcast. So can those changes result in them fighting for a championship? We know that this car is going to be a race contender because they've been able to win races the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. But can they be a race contender at every single track and not just Monaco and um, Mexico, for example, those two tracks, or Singapore, you know, more street tracks, more aerodynamic tracks. So can their car be good all 22 races because to beat Mercedes, you need to be good every single racetrack. Mm -hmm. Other big factor in Red Bull is how good will Alex Albon be? Because Max Verstappen alone cannot beat the likes of Valtteri and, and Lewis and, and the whole Mercedes team. They're going to need that second driver to really help them out. Alex will need to be strong enough to be able to split the Mercedes or split the Ferraris, steal a podium here, maybe even steal a pole or a race win every, every now and again. But they really need that second car if they're going to want to beat Mercedes and fight for a championship. Yeah, I agree with everything that you said there. You know, Red Bull, going into last year, we weren't too sure of how well Pierre Gasly was going to be performing for that team. And, you know, as we know, he didn't really show what he can do. But Alex Albon looked really... he It, it was kind of like, you know, last last year was kind of a trial run for him in that car. I mean, which, which kind of was. If he didn't perform, he wasn't going to keep that seat. Um, but he looks like a really good number two. It kind of looked uh, Max and uh, Alex are get along, getting along really well. Yep. And I think the big thing that he knew going into that Red Bull team when he joined them uh, full time is that he knows he's the secondary driver. I think that is something Red Bull has figured out. 
they they knew they put all their chips into Max uh, as soon as he got it, he got into that lineup, and it's really paid off for them. And I think this year, uh, we said last year, you know, this was Max's turning point this year. This is really where he's going to show that he he's a contender for the world championship. Yeah, and I think this is his defining year. I think this is you know if he can't get the results. We might not know what happens with Max with with Red Bull uh, in the oncoming years, but this is really where he's going to have to step up and show that you know he is that he is competing with Lewis Hamilton. He is competing with um... Vettel. Yes, <laughs> that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I haven't talked about Vettel all, all podcast. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, surprised. <laughs> shows you how out of it I am. It shows uh, you how biased we are. Right? <laughs> But yeah, and I like I said, he he knew going into that team, uh, going into that team, that he's going to be that secondary driver, and he showed that he can put in that secondary driver performance. He can split the two teams between Mercedes and uh, and Ferrari, and he can he he can put in the challenge to get those uh, those points that they were really missing, you know, at the first yeah. half of the season, and. It, you know, if they had gotten those points in the first half of the season, who knows where Red Bull would be in terms of in term uh, in terms of what position their constructor standings last year? They could have been in that second position if Pierre Gasly performed. So, uh, yeah, like I said, I th- he he's proved himself in that car, and I, I think he they're gonna be really putting in that title for that second place and maybe even first place if Mercedes doesn't get those wins. So that's right. Yeah, and. We'll see how much Red Bull was sort of hiding the potential, uh, you know, in testing. We saw a couple of spins from Verstappen. We didn't see them exactly light up the timing sheets. Um, they did a lot of laps, but I, I think that the the little bits that they've added to the car that we talked about in, in our previous podcast, I think might be sort of like they have this quiet confidence about them that they're not exactly there, but they think that they're right at the door of being able to to unleash a really, really good car. And Verstappen has a chance to become youngest world champion, you know, this season still, so... I think Max is completely ready for this season. I can't wait to talk about him this season because, you know, last year he was phenomenal. We talked about it so often. Last year was one of the big storylines. I think this year he's going to be even better. He's so confident right now. He's got a home race coming up fairly soon in early in May at Zamvort, which is going to be completely insane. Hopefully with some fans. <laughs> right. Yeah. Hopefully. Well, I think I'm we'll sorry, get to that I later. To mention it. I know I, it was in it was in the back of my mind. I didn't want to bring it up just yet, but hopefully that race goes ahead. If Zamfort is canceled, we riot. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what we're gonna yeah. do. Um, so uh, it, it's a big year for for Red Bull, and, and I, I just hope that that they can compete with with Mercedes and legitimately compete, not just every now and again, but fight for the championship. That would be ex- excellent. So that's that's it for Red Bull. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't want to see just a you know a race between uh, uh, between Max and you know Lewis Hamilton, Valtteri, and those drivers. I want to see a race between Alex Albon with Lewis Hamilton. You know what kind of what we saw in Brazil. I want to see that all season. So. But we would love to see a lot of Max versus Lewis this year for sure. A hundred percent would be fantastic. All right, moving on to. The next team, which has a Red Bull connection, because this gentleman used to drive for them, that's Daniel Ricciardo and Renault. And let's look, we put this up, uh, the, the F1 website have not put in the new photos of the teams. That's He uh, was decided last year. I, I don't know. Well, I was looking at this just at work, and I, I noticed, I'm like, man, these are all the old photos from last year. Are they actually? Yeah, all of them are. Huh. 
I don't like how have you not had any time to update them yet? Maybe that's what they do in Australia. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but anyway. Um, so Renault, Renault, obviously we talked about a, a lot of their struggles from 2019, a team that really frustrated me last season. And even early in this preseason, when they did that whole bullshit car launch in Paris with the PDF renderings instead of an actual car, but then they showed up to testing they had a legit car. They had a pretty nice testing livery actually with the all black and they had a good testing. They, they really did have a good testing. Um, I think what they showed this year is what Renault should have been last year. Uh, in terms of to where they were at testing, because you know, with getting Daniel Ricardo last year and not getting Esteban Ocon, they have a really good shot this year to be putting in for that mid uh, for that mid table finish. You know, they're I think they're going to be that team pushing uh, McLaren and um, Racing, Racing Point, Point. To, to to really perform this year. So, yeah. I think so as well. They'll definitely be in the mix. I'm not going to put my chips in the Renault basket just yet because I want to see if if they can actually bring some legit pace in the early couple of races this season. But I don't know what went wrong with them last year and, and why they struggled so much and you know why they were so behind you know McLaren, who's basically just taking their engines as well. So well, I hope that they've made improvements to the power unit, first of all, in terms of bringing more power. I know that, you know, some things that were coming from the team that they've got the most powerful power unit now, you know, I don't necessarily believe that. I think that's just kind of talk to hype things up. Um, but the rest of the car has to be, has to deliver as well. And excuse me, I think that Ricardo now being in the second season with them, more comfortable with the car. We saw his progression from basically, you know, halfway point in the season till the end. Got a lot more comfortable on the brakes. Mm-hmm. We saw the old Ricardo kind of sending it inside and licking the stamp and making some great overtakes, so that was great. But I'm glad you mentioned uh, Esteban Ocon because I think that we haven't talked too much about him. And we were... Um, I was going to say he also has Red Bull connection. Does he? Yeah. Oh, he does. <laughs> Ruined Max's first oh, race yeah. win. <laughs> yeah. He has a pretty big connection, right, with him? Yeah. That was a big connection. Um <laughs> So yeah, you'll have to be careful anytime Max comes up on the grid. I think they've kind of ironed their things out, but could be some fireworks. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, me too. It was great. It was great. Those um, are two drivers that ruined Max's season in 2018. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not season, races, I guess. A couple of races, yeah. A couple of races, you know. <laughs> but I think Esteban, you know, he had that one year with Mercedes. Um, he was pretty frustrated just being on the sidelines, but he's ready to go. And we kind of forget how big of a talent he was in his days with Force India and, and going head-to-head with Sergio Perez and doing better in a lot of the times and scoring a lot of good finishes. So I'm interested to see what Ocon can do this year with the new team uh, with Renault. So I'm not gonna, I'm not completely sold on Renault just yet. I think they had a pretty decent testing. They showed some good pace. They showed some uh, decent results. But until I kind of see them in the first couple of races, I won't really be able to necessarily bet a lot on them but i hope for ricardo's sake at least the team will be a lot better obviously this is the final year of ricardo's contract with Renault, and then he's going to be making his decision as to whether or not he's going to be coming back with them or signing with a different team whether or not any other positions kind well, of where's he going to go though i mean ferrari's been thrown around of course we don't know what vettel's going to do just yet although you know reports out of italy um other than the coronavirus are the fact that vettel might resign with them uh in a not in a long term but a couple year contract yeah i mean i i definitely see it um and like you said you know ricardo was really showing what he could do with that car more towards the end of the season um so yeah i th- i think they probably only improved on what was going on uh, i know we said that last year 
but uh you know this is a again like Haas is a big big year for Renault uh to see what kind of where they stand uh in terms of in terms of the table yeah um you know like you said they got two great drivers they got a re- they got a really uh young driver who showed a lot of potential and they got they got more of a veteran driver you know who's uh who could who could have been one of those drivers putting for uh, pushing for a world title and it, sure. it's it's really <laughs> sure what oh no no i meant like <laughs> okay i agree yeah. <laughs> no, i agree um but yeah it's uh they so yeah they got a great lineup they looked like they were improving last year and it's it's only hoping to get better for them hopefully well it's on reno too to give ricardo the car i mean Ricardo is an absolutely world championship caliber driver. Sure. He just he's yet to have a car that's good enough through a whole race calendar year to be able to challenge for one. Yeah. So there's a lot of internal pressure I'm sure at Renault to give the car to justify Ricardo's contract first of all because they're sure. paying him a lot of money. Um so again, I don't know what he does at the end of the year if they have another disappointing year. Even if they have like a decent year where they finish fourth, does he go somewhere else if a if a seat opens up? So Ricardo's almost in a kind of weird position again where he was in 2018 where there's going to be a lot of limbo throughout the season with what he's going to do with his future. But if they can challenge for podiums, it's going to be nice to see a Shuey again. We haven't seen one in a long time. so Yeah, I, I'm honestly kind of excited for silly season this year. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be real the silliest crazy. of the silliest seasons. Silliest silly. of the silly season. Yes. That's uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it should be good. I'm, I'm excited. Okay, coming down to the final, let's see how many teams we got here. Okay, four more teams to go. Still still quite a few teams to go. And we got Ferrari. Ferrari coming up next. The team that definitely lets most people down most of the time. But we'll see what they're going to be able to do this season. Um, Ferrari's making a lot of news in a lot of, yeah, a lot of headlines in the news lately. Um, you know, the engine hole thing, which still hasn't really been resolved. Uh, I know last time we talked, it was... The seven teams filed the whole kind of complaint toward the FIA. So that's going to be still be kind of involving as the season goes, and we'll see what comes out of it in Melbourne. I'm sure they'll be asked about it in press conferences. So it seems like the power unit will not be as strong as it was last year. Mm-hmm. Now, whether that's because they've put more downforce on the car this year and it's just more drag, or if it's because they were doing something illegal and now they can't do that anymore, <laughs> we're not exactly sure. I'd um, go with the latter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you would? <laughs> <laughs> Ferrari doing something illegal? What? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really know what to say about Ferrari. I don't know where they're going to be. It's, I would like to see them in the top three, but it's... I, I don't know if they're just downplaying themselves a lot this year. Um, but I, yeah, I just... I really don't know where they're going to be... Sta- where, where they're going to stand at uh, come, you know, mid-season, end of the season. Uh, they got some really good drivers in them. Charles Leclerc showed that you know he's fit to be in that Ferrari seat for them. Um, Vettel, Vettel said he really likes the car this year. It's a little bit better than last year. So I don't know, man. It's 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 a tough call uh, yeah. about what to do about them. Side note: Please take this out of the edit. Are they going to be allowed to leave Italy? <laughs> yes, <laughs> they are already there. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Some special exceptions were made. <laughs> okay. They uh they slipped the security guards an extra roll of pasta and they I got see. through. I see. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, I this is kind of a joke, but I don't want to I don't want to play the coronavirus here. But oh fuck it, we'll keep it in. <laughs> well, you know, because I was just about to compare Ferrari to the coronavirus actually, 
Okay. Think about it. Well, hear me out here for a second. Hear me out. So the Ferrari is a lot like the coronavirus, right? Because like we're hearing about the virus. Some people are saying that it's going to be an absolutely terrible pandemic where everybody's going to die. And other people are saying, well, it's not that bad. Ferrari's kind of the similar, right? They're, they're, some people are saying they're going to be terrible. Racing Point is even going to be better than this year. And then there are other people that are like, you know what? They're not going to be as bad as they think. And they might that surprise That's a good comparison. Us, you know, right? I, I thought you were going to take it a little further, but that is actually a really good <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah, I don't know how much farther I could have stretched it, but. Yeah. Wash your hands, people. Yeah. I did about three times before we started, so. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we only do this from now on. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, where were we? Yeah. <laughs> this was a bad topic to go on, but it's okay. Um, so, on to those comments where you, wh- what do we think of the coronavirus? This is what we think of the coronavirus. <laughs> it's just like Ferrari. <laughs> Letting Italians down consistently since 2009. <laughs> Well, I, I said, okay, I'll throw one more in there. I said, well, it's good that Italy's on lockdown. Ferrari can't go to the race. Well, they can't disappoint the fans. Yeah, that's that's true, you know. Look on the bright side of things. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Getting into the, the more technical analysis of the team. Yeah, I don't know. L- like we said in, in our uh, Oh, I testing. thought that was our technical analysis. Okay, then uh, moving on <laughs> no, to the I'm other. Just, I'm just kidding. But yeah, uh, yeah, like I, I don't know, I don't know where they're where they're gonna be. I, they might finish in top three. They might finish the mid table. Yeah, I, I feel like they're still gonna be getting points. That's all I can really say. Oh, for sure. I mean, <laughs> I, I still think they'll be within the the top three. Um, I just I don't know where they're gonna be because last year we hyped them up a lot after what we saw in testing, and then they completely fell short of that. And their strategy this year was to kind of more downplay themselves, but. It just seems like the car isn't necessarily where they want it to be. It seems everybody's a little bit kind of downbeat so far. Bless you. Oh, man, I caught that Ferrari virus now. (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me. Um, So it just seems like everybody's a little bit kind of on edge heading into the season with the whole engine thing that's going on. So, But they could surprise us. We have no idea what Ferrari's going to show us this year, but I'm just not confident in the team with what they've shown us the last couple seasons in terms of, strategy calls and, and all the different types of things so i think um let's wait and see we're gonna play the waiting game with ferrari and i think that them downplaying their chances might actually be a good thing and, and if they come out and surprise people great and if they kind of are lackluster then people won't be as surprised and uh yeah like you mentioned it's it's gonna be an interesting year with the two drivers again with vettel and leclerc obviously leclerc has a chance to become uh, youngest world champion as well yeah you know, won uh, two races last year, led the whole grid in terms of pole positions. So can he keep up the good form this year? Um, like you mentioned, the car is a little bit more suited now to Vettel's driving style. Mm-hmm. So we might see Vettel taking it a little bit more to Leclerc than he did last year. Um, but I'm interested to see what they can bring. Um, hopefully they'll give us a positive surprise. We want Ferrari to be in challenging against Mercedes um, with Red Bull in the mix as well. But I don't know, big question mark around Ferrari for me. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. All right. Then moving on to the other Italian team on the grid, who will be in Melbourne, and that's uh, Alpha Tauri, the newly renamed Alpha Tauri, of course, formerly Toro Rosso. They're keeping the same driver lineup as well with uh, Kvyat and Gasly, and uh, a, a good lineup for them. They had uh, a good season last year, very good season, actually. Of course, uh, Kvyat getting the podium in Germany, Gasly with the podium in Brazil. 
And uh, quiet testing for them. They didn't necessarily stretch their legs in terms of pace and performance. But we mentioned it a couple cars ago that we almost forgot about Alpha Tauri in the mix for best of the rest. Yep. And yeah, I mean, they they were one of the teams to kind of come out of nowhere last year and get those two podiums for both of those drivers. Um, but yeah, I, it's, I, I don't I'm I'm really hoping they made an improvement because obviously they had a great car last year, especially because a lot of people didn't expect a lot from Honda. Yep. Uh, to see them kind of put that front foot and you know get those two podiums, I'm really excited to see what they do this year. Because are they going to be putting the same challenges last year? Are they going to pull a pull a Renault and fall off the fall off the beat a little bit? So yep. yeah, yeah, and I mean. You know, they're taking a lot of parts, obviously, from Red Bull, so you're just going to assume that they're going to have a fairly decently competitive car. Um, now, they've made some different changes to the front wing. Now, will those changes result in, in more performance? I'm not sure. But they're really happy so far w- with what they've been able to produce, and I think that they had uh, building off of last season would be really good for them. So I think they'll be more in the mix for a fifth or sixth place. Mm-hmm. But we'll see how it goes. They might even be able to take the challenges to uh, McLaren or, or Renault, depending on how that order shapes up. But Alpha Tauri might be the best of that B class in the midfield ahead of you know the likes of Haas and Williams mm-hmm. and uh, and um, forgetting the team now. Um, Haas, Williams, Renault, Alfa Romeo. That's who I was <laughs> thinking of. Yeah, uh, Alfa Romeo. So, but other than that, I, I think um, they they should be on for a good season. Now, I'm I'm going to say they'll probably finish around six maybe this year. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's a good call. But we'll see. We'll get to more of that in our power rankings. All right. Getting down to our last two teams before we throw some crazy predictions out there. Um, Williams. And we talked a lot about Williams in our uh, testing recap podcast about the improvements that they made. First one being out on track, the amount of laps that they did. Um, You know, unfortunately, I don't think it will be really dramatic in terms of their improvement. Like, I don't think that they'll be ninth or eighth, for example. They upgraded Latifi's picture. Renault has more money. (laughs) But... (laughs) It's still the old picture from last year oh, because okay. Orlin is still on the, the race suit. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, at least they have the picture <laughs> yeah. there, right? Um, so, yeah, I don't think that Williams is necessarily at that point yet where they're going to be ninth. I could be wrong, though. If, if Haas is that bad, they could overtake Haas for ninth. Um, I just don't think that they're there just yet. But I do believe that they'll be a lot closer than they were last season. I, I agree. I think they got some, you know, two really good young drivers in them. One who's entered. I had to sneeze. <laughs> we might need to get tested. <laughs> no, I'm fine. Um, hasn't hit Ottawa yet. We're good. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so they, I think they have some two uh, two great young uh, driver lineups with them. Oh, my God. I always forget his name. Not Lucas Latifi. George Russell? Yes. I don't know why I always forget his name, but I just do. Um, it's like that Sebastian Vettel moment I had. Yeah. Um, but yes, George Russell uh, really showed, you know, he he is a great young driver last year. He was able to get the Williams their only point last year, right? I think it was Kubica. Kubica, yeah. never mind. Um, he still put in some good, great qualifying laps last year. For sure. Um, and, you know, after you guys talked to like Nicholas Latifi, he is very excited to drive th- for them. And we know what kind of driver he is uh, from what we've seen from, seen from him before. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think they got two great drivers who are really going to be fighting for that Williams team. You know, they they want to show that Williams is still up there as a great team. So, Yeah, I agree with you there. And I'm very looking forward to this driver partnership. And I think a lot of people are, are underestimating Nicholas Latifi. 
And I think he's got a lot of experience. Uh, I think he's got a lot of talent as well. And, and and next to that, I think the way he's integrated with the team, the the year that he spent with them last year doing the FP1 sessions, I think are really going to help him get up to speed a lot faster than a lot of the rookies, for example, last year. So I'm excited for this driver partnership. And, and don't be surprised if Latifi takes the fight to George Russell. I think that George Russell is a very, very good driver. Um, but I think that their partnership and the fight between them will be fairly close. Yep. Um, I don't think that you're going to see points finishes right off the bat. I think they'll still struggle early in the season to get to Q2. But I think that we'll see after kind of the midway point, they'll start to make a little bit more of a progression. But I do think that it won't be like, you know, 19th and 20th at every single race like it was last year. Yeah. I do think that they'll be able to have the pace to beat, you know, the likes, for example, of Haas and maybe even Alfa Romeo. Um, but it just all depends. I, I do think that they'll be able to score more than one point this year. I really hope so. I mean, not a hard target yes. to read, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, but you got two really good drivers. And again, really the only place that they can go is up. I mean, the only thing that can get worse than last year is to score zero points, which yeah. I don't think that will happen. So, um, significant improvement from Williams so far in the season, but not massive in terms of they'll be in the fight for fifth yeah. or sixth. I expect them to be racing with other drivers this year. Yes. Yeah, me too. Overtaking. <laughs> yes. Being in the fight. Yeah. I think uh, that's what we kind of wanted to see more from Williams to, from where they were last year. So, yeah, I'm expecting more of that this year from uh, from Williams. Yep. I'm excited to see what they can do for sure. Um, and, of course, you know, Latifi will follow closely. And uh, another Canadian will follow closely, Lance Stroll and Racing Point, our final team in our preview this year. And actually just on uh, on Racing Point, it was funny. Uh, Lance Stroll was uh, at Melbourne Park today playing tennis with Leighton Hewitt. Oh, really? Yeah. I wonder if I can... Uh, I'll find a video here. Lance can actually play. He, he's not not too bad. Um, you know, in another life, I was a, a tennis instructor. His backhand is a little poor. Um, you know, he do- doesn't keep that arm shape. But look at that forehand, that right? Is, that is some that is some good form right there. It's look pretty at decent. You can tell he definitely got some tennis lessons as a kid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he's got some good coaches there in Montreal, but... Serve needs a little bit of work, you know, a little bit off balance on that serve. But that forehand, a lot of spin. Serving's the hardest part, in my opinion, in, yeah. uh, uh, in tennis. So well, I, He's got a nice forehand. Yeah. yeah. No, some good work there. Yeah, so Lance getting a little bit of a hit with the uh, Australia legend, Leighton Hewitt. So that was pretty cool that uh, I just saw today. Um, all right, but getting on to his team and Racing Point. Racing Point, probably one of the other teams that made massive headlines in Barcelona during preseason testing. Mm-hmm. The Tracing Point, or... The pink Mercedes, whatever you want to call it. But now let's see if uh, they're going to bring Mercedes-style results. Yeah, I mean, um, last year was a huge change for them, obviously. Change, uh, being bought out by Lawrence Stroll, changing their uh, their branding, uh, you know, getting those driver, drivers kind of set up to be where they want to be. And I think, uh, like you said, we've seen improvements, maybe copying Mercedes, but whatever it is, if you're, if you're going to copy a team, Mercedes is the team, to, team copy. to do it. So, um, yeah, I, I, like you said, I, they made some massive improvements in their car last year. So it, it should be a really good year for them. I've actually picked Sergio Perez as my, as my uh, in my fantasy team because I he is uh, sometimes podium man. So there you go. That is uh, that is what I'm expecting. I I, I think they're going to be not just challenging to get those top ten positions. I think they're going to be like like we talked about. They're going to be that team fighting for that uh, fourth to sixth position this year, in my opinion. So, yeah, I I expect big things from Racing Point this year. It seems like that whole change with Lawrence Stroll is kind of like settled in now, which yeah. is why we saw them so strong in testing. 
Um, now can they deliver on track? They, it seems like they've got a, a good engine power behind them as well. The chassis is good. Um, they got a good balance with the aero as well. So let's see if the drivers can deliver. Of course, we talked that Lance Stroll, a, a big focus for him is qualifying this year. Yep. Um, if the car is better, it should help a little bit, but that's a still a big area of improvement for him. And, if, and like you said, Perez, obviously a great choice if you're if you're entering your fantasy team and entering into our league. Um, very consistent driver, and, and he's going to be one that you want to have in your team as well. And then maybe see how the season goes. Maybe you bring in Lance Stroll, depending on the results. But some people even tip the racing point to challenge Ferrari. Again, I'm not one that believes that. I, I still think there's yeah. a significant gap there. But the three teams that we mentioned, really, Renault, McLaren, Racing Point, I think will all be very tight and fall, for sure. fighting for that fourth. And it kind of seems like Racing Point, starting last year, kind of set themselves up for the future. They weren't one of those teams to be like, uh, Lawrence Stroll isn't one of those people to buy out a team and change everything to try to get that win. He yeah. kind of brought things in slowly, you know, didn't change. I don't think he changed Force India at all. Any, I think everybody, all the entire staff was kept exactly the same. Yep. But, you know, they're slowly getting into Aston Martin. They're, he's slowly adding more and more to this team that is just going to improve it in the long run. And it's great to see, you know, what used to be Force India still continuing in the sport this year. And to see them, um, you know, in 2018, they, they were, what, fifth, sixth? They were up there. I think somewhere around there. Because maybe they were right behind Renault, so maybe they were fifth. I will check for you. Um, but yeah, it's kind of... Uh, we we knew they were going to go through a little of a, of, a, of a rough patch last year with the whole takeover. But it seems like towards the end they were improving. You know, we saw Lance Stroll in a first place position in Germany. Yeah. So, and then Perez still putting in those... The, fighting for those top 10 positions, getting those points for the team. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think... In every race from last year, I think in this year we'll see a huge improvement from from uh, from um, Racing Point. I don't think, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to what they can bring. And only question, maybe a question mark that I have for them is with Aston Martin coming in for 2021. How many, you know, how much upgrades will they bring to the car? And that's really a question for all the teams too heading into this season. Is with the huge change in 2021, how many teams will? put money or time into developing more upgrades. Maybe the top teams that are fighting for the championship, but are any of the midfield teams going to put any effort into upgrading the car, or are we just going to almost have a base car, maybe bring some upgrades in Barcelona, and after that, just taper it off? So will that kind of affect Racing Point? I'm not sure. But again, good to keep in mind that this is the last year of Racing Point. Yeah. Wait, what? Well, with Aston Martin coming in, another change again, and... Um, I think I said this last year to you guys. I don't know if I ever said it on the podcast, but I think of this year um, as kind of more of a prequel to next year. So I think a lot of the teams, even though there's going to be a budget cap starting in 2021, these teams are not limited to what budget they have this year. Yeah. So I think the uh, getting Aston Martin is... And like I said, it's it's thinking ahead to the future. They they have brought Mass and Martin in this year. Obviously, didn't choose to put them as their title sponsor for this year because they can use some of the money that they got from Mass and Martin to develop what's going to be going on in 2021 and the following seasons. They don't have a budget cap yet. It's not into effect in 2021. So, like I said, I think it's just think of ahead of the future of uh, where Racing Point wants to be in F1. They want to stay in F1, show what they can do. And I, like I said, this is just they're going to have a good season. Um, and we've seen the improvements they've made already. So Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that puts a wrap on 
all 10 teams, covered all of them, made some points. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys in terms of what you think about each team or maybe just make some comments about your own team. Um, so drop your comments down below in terms of what you think, uh, what are you expecting from the 2020 season? Um, we're going to get into our predictions right now before we sign off, um, but we'd love to hear your predictions as well for the 2020 season. So absolutely drop those in the comments below. We're going to try and answer as many as we can um, in the next coming weeks before, or in the next coming days, excuse me, before the race. All right. So before we sign off and get ready for Melbourne, Man, we really screwed these up last year, but we're gonna do them again. And that's my our, one prediction was right, which which was Max finishing Max finishing third. Third. third I, th- okay. I said he was gonna finish ahead of both the Ferrari drivers. Okay, so we'll do similar to what we did last year. We'll make three predictions each. Okay, and then we'll come back to this at the end of the season and see how well we did. Okay, you can start because I don't have any yet. Okay, <laughs> okay, <laughs> coming up on the fly. Okay, so my first prediction, and some of these are bold, some of these are a little more more conservative. My first prediction is that. We're going to see three midfield teams up on the podium in 2020. Okay. Different teams? Yeah. So I think that we're going to see McLaren, we're going to see Renault, and we're going to see Racing Point on the podium this year. Okay. And I think that McLaren will have multiple podiums this year. Okay. That all kind of combining it in my one prediction. So I think that we're going to see an extremely tight midfield battle this season, but we're going to see midfield teams make enough progress to the fact that they'll be able to score some podiums. Mm-hmm. I think we'll have maybe a Germany-style race last year. Yep. But then I think we might actually have a couple of races that are dry conditions where a McLaren or a Racing Point will be able to finish on the podium. Yep. Maybe in Baku, maybe somewhere crazy like that. Maybe Zandvoort, for example. That could be a potentially crazy race. So I think that we'll be able to see three midfield teams score a podium this season. So that would be one of my predictions. Um, My other prediction, a little bit more conservative, but is that Lewis Hamilton will equal Michael Schumacher's records this season. So that includes race wins and world championships and podiums as well. Okay. So I think Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes will win the title again this year. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, there aren't any indications to me that I think certainly not Ferrari will be able to do it, but you know, Red Bull, I don't think are, are there just quite yet hope I'm wrong and I hope that they can be there but I think that Mercedes are going to break a lot of records this season Hamilton will break personal records with Schumacher and then Mercedes will become the seventh become the only team to win seven consecutive world titles Hmm. so that is my second prediction and my third prediction I haven't thought about just yet so I have I have two so far I will turn I will turn the mic back over to you (laughs) I think Red Bull absolutely dominates Sandvoort this year. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. 1-2 finish. Quali- qualifying, 1-2 finish, and 1-2 uh, finish during the race. Because, A, Max is the only driver to have race on Sandvoort. No other drivers have done it. He already knows what it looks like. He can bring some of that information back to Red Bull. Good point. Um, and, B, it's a home race, so I think Max is taking it, but I also think with what uh, Max has got to try out on, the try out with their, I think they do use the RB8, maybe? I think so, yeah. I think use the RB8, so I think what he's uh, got to try out with that car, I think with that information, I think Alex Albon's also going to have a, a good race at Zandvoort. Um, and then, two, I think... Daniel Ricciardo gets every podium for Renault this year. I don't think Esteban Ocon's getting one. Okay, but so you do agree I do that they'll get one? I, 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 agree. I think they're going to get at least two or three. Multiple? Okay. I think um, 
like I said, I think Daniel Ricardo is this is his last year in Renault. He doesn't know what he's doing, but I think he wants to prove himself to Renault because uh, he he thinks they're going to be one of the teams competing. So I, I think that's going to be one of the things that's going to happen. I think Esteban Ocon is going to be an interesting driver this year. That's not part of my, this is still part of my uh, number two prediction. That's not okay. my third one. But yeah, I, th- I think Daniel Ricciardo gets a couple of podiums to bring him back to his winning ways because he looks very confident this year. He looks like he's in a good mood, so as he does as always, but he just he seems a little more confident this year. Fair enough. I don't have a number three yet. Three? <laughs> well, I thought of another one. This was actually one that, that I had in my mind, and, and I'll kind of add uh, an, another bonus one on top of it, but I think Max Verstappen will win more than five races this year. Okay. Um, you know, last couple of seasons, he's won two, he's won three here or there, but I think he'll win more than five this year. Um, I don't think it'll be enough though for the world championship just, uh, but I think that it will come down to Hamilton versus Verstappen a lot this season. Yeah. Fingers crossed. That is what hopefully what will happen. So I think that he'll be able to win more than five races this year. I agree with you on the Zamvor thing. I think that he'll be really ready to go for that. <laughs> and if the car is good, you know, for him to be able to sweep that weekend would be just be phenomenal to see. I think that he's due for a, a really good weekend in Monaco, for example. For sure, he it's it's a long time coming for him in Monaco. Yeah, I think we'll see a similar like a Ricardo storyline with redemption uh, for for Max there. So yeah, I, th- I think Verstappen will be very strong this year, and I think he'll give us a lot to talk about for 2020. Yeah. So I'm very excited for that. And, and just a bonus one to kind of throw onto it, I think we'll see a driver change this season. Halfway through? Yeah. You don't know with who. You're just saying you're going to see a driver change? I'm going to lean to Kubica replacing Giovinazzi. Okay. I, 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 I was honestly going to say that's the only driver yeah. line, uh, ch- uh, change up I could see through through the season. Um, but yeah, no, I, I could see that could definitely see that happening if uh, Giovinazzi doesn't form. Yeah. Kimi reason... isn't feeling it anymore. He's like, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the only reason I'm thinking too is because Orlin, you know, of course they're bringing so much. They're, they're with Kubica, so we're already seeing him. He did a couple of days in testing. So yeah, obviously Ferrari ha- have the Giovinazzi deal thing going, but we could see, I think a driver slotted in there could be somewhere else as well. Maybe Haas, maybe Gunter Steiner gets pissed off, pulls the trigger and fires one of their drivers. Who knows? We'll see. But, but uh, want, okay. Those are some of my predictions. Yeah. This third one's real bold. I have this one right off the bat, but I don't want to say it. Okay. <laughs> I think Valtteri Bottas wins the championship this year. Wow. <laughs> wow. I know you're a Bottas fan, but... Because I said at the beginning of uh, this podcast, I I don't think Lewis Hamilton ties Mike, uh, Michael Schumacher with that seventh win. Okay. With, for, uh, with Mercedes. It's still very likely. I'm not saying it's, you know, it's, it's not going to happen. Yep. But I think this is Valtteri's season. I think... Uh, Valtteri grew some balls last year. <laughs> he had some. Just, I think he really, you know, I think he really showed that he wants to be a world championship if he is driving for Mercedes. Um, and he doesn't want to be that second place driver anymore. Yeah. Um, I really do think Valtteri's going to step up and kind of not going to deal with, uh, I mean, he kind of has to, but not take it as much this year because he is a fantastic driver that really deserves to be, you know, I, I know he's still getting second place, but I think he deserves that world championship if he's going to be driving for Mercedes as well, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's interesting. We'll, we'll see. It's, like I said, very, very bold prediction here. But could happen. Yeah. I mean, he is in the best car, so... Yeah. It's it's very it's very likely it could happen. Yeah, so. I just... I, I feel like Lewis is one of those people, he might not be, I might be wrong, that he... 
You know, he wants to break Schumacher's record. He wants to be a great driver, but I think he also has to prove, well, he has proved himself, but, you know, prove himself to those haters. Sure. Um, yeah. Me being one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I like that, though. No, I actually am a huge Lewis Hamilton fan. I just kid around. <laughs> okay. I'll believe it when <laughs> I see it. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see if the, any of those come true. I mean, if if, I, if at least one of those things come true this season, it should be pretty good. But uh, I think our overall like prediction or, or hope for this season, and I think we said this last season too, is maybe just we'll, to, maybe we'll get Tyler to do his predictions and his uh, fantasy thing. Yeah, yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see what he has to say. Um, as long as we get a close season, good races, memorable moments, I, I think we'll be pretty happy regardless of the world champion. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I, and, and like I said in this podcast, I think for this, for me, this going into the season, I am more excited about the midfield battle than anything. You know, yeah. it's, uh, I am very excited to see what happens. It's like I said, it's a weird thing to say, but the midfield is looking really good this year. Real good. Real good. I think the best we've seen in the past like five or six years, maybe even more. So, yeah, it should we'll be see. the closest it's ever been. That's for sure. Well, that should do it then for our 2020 season preview. A lot of stuff. We covered a lot of uh, all the teams, made our predictions. So now it's time to make yours. Drop your predictions down in the comments below of this video. We'd love to hear if you agreed with some of our predictions, if you disagreed, whatever your case is. Let us know what you think and what you're expecting from this season. Um, coming up pretty quickly. A couple days to go until the first session in Melbourne. Uh, we're super excited for it. Uh, of course, after this video, there's uh, power rankings, preseason power rankings for the teams that will be coming out. Uh, we'll do some uh, fantasy F1 videos as well. Um, and, and a lot of stuff coming from us for throughout the season. So uh, I think we're ready to go. Yeah, and if you're on Spotify, listening on Spotify or iTunes, please like and subscribe as well if you can. Rate us. It helps bring it help bring us, us up and, you know, will only help you guys out in the end if you want to listen to us more. So, you know, please like and subscribe. Yep, absolutely. And do the same on YouTube on as YouTube well. On YouTube as well, yeah. Yeah, if you're uh, new to the channel, thank you for joining us. Subscribe. Hit that bell with the notifications. That way you won't miss a video. Now that the season has started, you'll be seeing videos from us every single week, whether we're doing race recaps. Uh, I think we're cutting down a little bit on the race previews this year, but we're supplementing that with power rankings and a couple of other videos. Yeah, we got some uh, got some cool content ideas. A lot of them, you know, submitted by you guys who said they'd like to see this on our channel. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, we like we said multiple times before, we do read the comments, we do like what we hear, and we do take that into uh into what we're deciding on what to do for sure so you see a lot of that in the coming months as 2020 gets underway and of course um it is a 22 race calendar that at the moment now is kind of 21 races with china being rescheduled uh we'll stay up to date with the whole coronavirus thing that's going on and whether more races will be canceled or not so have they completely canceled the race or they have they like postponed yeah still postponed it at the moment i think they're looking at it maybe a november reschedule okay but uh, obviously, if you guys haven't heard, Bahrain is having a closed-door race, so no fans will be in attendance for the Bahrainian Grand Prix, which is coming right after Australia. Um, and then a couple other races like Vietnam, for example, which is the third race on the calendar. Somewhat still up in the air. No announcements have been made just yet, so we'll stay up to date on whether races get postponed or canceled, and, and we'll see what we do <laughs> in place of that. Yeah. 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 But hopefully it all works out. All right. Yeah. We're good. From us, yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us and enjoy the first race in Australia. We'll be seeing you after to recap the race. Thanks again. Mm -hmm.